2: pff forecast it is a beautiful wednesday evening we're going to do uh the seth duo with a little judah fort gang in the middle we're going to talk thursday night and sunday night and perhaps a pet peeve from our canadian buddy uh alt spreads and live in-game strategy with judah and the lock of the week with our main man tej let's rock
1: Seth, welcome how are you i'm fantastic how are you i heard you pulled your hamstring i well it was a calf actually
2: thank you calf, okay um yeah it uh it wasn't great you know um let's just say this i blame it on the weather it's a little cold here in uh in california let's see it got to uh 57 today so please forgive
3: it's just You should have heard the conversation we had before you got on here late was about how cold and depressing it was because <laughs> it's getting dark at 4 p.m. So I, maybe you did overhear that and just, you know, are slipping this just, in. I had, to, I had
2: to rub it in. Um, no, actually, uh, I, I should say I'm so excited because we have um, Cowboys Colts and uh, a 10-point spread on Sunday night. And, you know, what what better way to – if you're going to watch that, then you've got to bet on it. So we're going to talk to uh, to Seth about it. Uh, here in a second, we have a slightly more compelling game on Thursday night, Seth with uh, as about time that, uh, that Alan and Kirk got something somewhat decent and that is Buffalo, New England. I, I gotta say, I am a little surprised, um, by the fact that Buffalo is, uh, only a three and a half point favorite. Um, but, uh, again, New England did look good against, um, against, uh, Minnesota Scoring 26 points, they did lose, they did not cover. Um, and of course, both teams coming off of a long break playing on Thanksgiving. So, Seth, let's start here. Um, is there a matchup that uh makes you think the Patriots have a chance here, or is there a key matchup actually that you think swings the other way?
1: Well, I think it, it is interesting. The when you talk about matchups, we talk about the Patriots playing a lot of cover one, playing on man coverage. They've been really good. I mean, they've been really good for the past like five years doing it and have been good this year. I think the thing that makes me nervous is the Bills have really good wide receivers. And we've seen that the Patriots can shut down middling wide receiver groups, lower tier wide receiver groups, have had trouble against, you know, Waddle and Hill last week against Jefferson and Thielen. So I think that's, uh, an issue, I think. So it's like, yes, the numbers have been really good over the course of a season, but shutting down, you know, Diggs and Gabriel Davis and this Buffalo offense, and honestly, just shutting down Josh Allen in in man coverage with his scramble ability is is tougher and and probably easier said than done. So I think that is a matchup to watch. i Honestly, kind of like the Bills, and again, even if you just look at the numbers from last season they went off they didn't punt the last two you know they played three times last year uh the wild card game and i think week 16 or week 17 bills didn't punt in either of those games so really like the matchup here for the bills Uh, the the issue for the bills is like Deion dawkins is out the rest of the offensive line mitch morse's back he's a good player at center but like you need the tackles to be good and spencer brown and i think it's going to be david Quessenberry the other tackle not very good. So that would be my concern. You mentioned the the rushing ability of Josh Allen a little bit. There's always kind
3: of been this uh, Bill Belichick struggles against running quarterbacks, you know, thing that's been said forever. Truth to that. Any reasons why? And do you think, you know, Allen is is a good runner, but he's not a four, four Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields type guy. He's kind of more bruising. And you talked last week about how physical new England is. Maybe are they a better matchup with Allen than
1: some of the speedier guys? Well, I think it's different because, like, the Bills don't use for like, really, really big games, and I don't think they'll consider – I mean, I know it was a Thursday night, you know, island game, but I don't think they'll consider it um, – I think they'll, they'll be able to move the ball without it. But the quarterback design runs is different. So, like, Allen is not a quarterback design run guy, or he could be, but he's not – asked to do that in this offense he is a scramble guy so i think that's a little different when we're talking about toughness and stopping the run this is a completely different idea here because you're stopping you're really trying to stop the pass and then he ha- ends up running so a completely different idea here. that's why i think it's different i also think that whole belichick Doesn't do well against running quarterbacks, thing is probably, you know, I haven't done a lot of research into that, but it reminds me of the, you know, Nick Saban is not good against running quarterbacks. Nick Saban is not good against the spread because it happened two or three times. You know, they, you know, they lost to Ole Miss in 2015. So Nick Saban's not good against the spread or whatever it was um i feel like that's probably the similar thing he's not good against good quarterbacks like no one's good against good quarterbacks and and those scrambling quarterbacks and running quarterbacks and obviously uh be a difference maker in a game so i think that's kind of the issue here the toughness i mean they should be able to stop the run uh like i said the offensive line not good bill's just not not a good running football team so it should be able to stop the run and be physical and be tough and do all that patriot stuff it's just going to be stopped at the pass it's going to be difficult you know it's interesting as we talk about um
2: uh bets we might place here the um the, the patriots losing by one score to the vikings a, a team that you know kind of uh got lucky i guess we could say against the bills if we remember that game that was the game where everyone after that was like wow are the vikings the best team in the nfc and it's like actually their point differentials and super great. They then got the doors blown off them by the, by the Cowboys. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting how these narratives kind of change. I wonder if this game were happening, um, you know, uh, prior to, uh, the the Patriots sort of showing that their offense existed against the Vikings, if this would be different because it wasn't particularly impressive against the Jets. Um, Seth, let's start with you. Uh, if you have to bet, uh, uh, one single bet in this game, what is it?
1: I have a few here that you can pick anyone. It's going to be either you can go, I like the overs for the receivers. So if you want, you got I, I see here Gabe Davis over three and a half catches. Stephon Diggs over six and a half catches. I like both of those. Honestly, even like player longest reception. I see Gabe Davis at 22 and a half. Stephon Diggs at 26 and a half. Man coverage. And I also think like you know the the weather's going to be like okay i mean okay for like a northeastern you know december 1st game but um going to be okay but a little bit enough wind that and if anyone's going to break the wind with his throwing capability it's josh allen i think there's there's catch and run opportunities it's mad coverage they're going to get a guy open so pick one of those four i think you're you're okay
3: brad what about you yeah, I like the digs one there. I thought they would do well against Justin Jefferson last week. They did not. He had nine catches for 139 yards and a touchdown. So uh, my favorite, though, going back to the well, this is my favorite bet of the last month for whatever reason, but over carries. So uh, Damian Harris is not playing in this game for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Ramondre Stevenson has clearly carved out a role as their top guy. Patriots never going to have a true workhorse, but over 15 and a half carries in this game, you mentioned a little bit of weather, not a ton, but maybe enough with Mac Jones noodle arm to you know run the ball more. I think it'll be a relatively, you know, one score game for the most of the game. So they won't move away from the run entirely. Uh, so that's the play I like tomorrow.
2: I like where your guys' heads are at. A um, couple of mismatches that uh, sort of want to take advantage of. By the way, you can find these in the PFF app. Go download it on the iOS app store by searching PFF. Um, but you mentioned uh, Justin Jefferson torching the Patriots. The narrative around the Patriots sort of stopping number one threats. It has not come to fruition uh, this year, and as good as Jonathan, you know, Jones has been. Stephon Diggs is is better, Jonathan Jones is not kind of that same caliber of stopper that maybe a Stephon Gilmore was in the past. So I, I like uh, going along with what Seth is saying. I actually like kind of all three receivers, whether it's McKenzie, um in the uh, in the slot against Miles Bryant, who ranks 70th in PFF grade, Jonathan Jones on the outside against Diggs who ranks uh, 14th and of course Diggs moves into the slot and does play out of the slot. And then Gabriel Davis, if he's matched up against Jalen mills. Jalen mills, a 36 PFF grade ranks 107th among corners. So I like overs uh, for those guys, Gabe Davis, 48 and a half receiving yards, Stephon Diggs, I like over six and a half receptions. Um, so uh, those would be the ones that I would play. And then uh, McKenzie. Uh, I don't know that over three and a half uh, receptions is my favorite. Um, uh, but I think you could get that at decent plus money. Um, I kind of like 32 and a half receiving yards a little bit better if you're going to look there. Um, all right, let's move to Sunday evening. This game not being flexed. In case anyone is wondering why San Francisco Miami is not playing on Sunday night. The reason for this is the Dallas Cowboys are a contender. Dallas Cowboys rank uh, bring in ratings. They're eight and three. They have star players. This game is going to rate well, and that's why this Game is on Sunday night, so stop complaining. If you want that to change, um, you need to change something about the way that people root for uh NFL <laughs> in the U.S. Um, although I, I will say, like Miami San Francisco would do a very good rating, but uh, that's just the power of the Cowboys. So, Seth, this is an 11 point uh spread, total 43 and a half. Uh, what's the, the biggest mismatch that you're seeing here?
1: I, I think it's really There's you could go in a ton of different directions. Obviously, when we start with the Cowboys, it's hard to not talk about Cowboys pass rush, especially the edge rushers versus the Colts tackles, who have been just miserable this year. The Colts offensive line has been miserable this year, um, as a whole. You know Kelly and, and Nelson inside not having their best years, and those two had to be the guys that like you know propped up this unit. That hasn't happened. Uh, you can go in a, again. You can go in a bunch of different directions. I think the, the the one thing, if I if I kind of flip it over and I think about, okay, what is something the Colts might have an advantage and maybe can help them stick around in the game? Grover Stewart and and um, and uh, oh my god, the other defensive tackle, the very good defensive tackle who, uh, from San Francisco, yes, Brett uh, Buckner, uh, very good players, obviously, uh, even though I don't know their names, but very good players. <laughs> and Cowboys interior offensive line is is okay it's getting better it's gelling but it's okay and the cowboys are going to run the football uh they have you know kind of been this kind of heavy pounded type of team since dak has been, been back they're under center you know they're going to run obviously they're going to play action off of it but uh, more under center since Dak has been there maybe they get you know uh, thinking they're they can just run that run the football and, and get out of w and the colts stop them on the ground and then force some longer yardage third downs and second downs and 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 the Colts defense is good in general. I mean, it's been very good since like about week five, week six. So maybe that's the way they get out of it. But then again, the Cowboys have just been on fire uh, since Dak has been back playing at a super high level. So I'll say the potential mismatch is Colts interior defensive line versus Cowboys interior offensive line. But uh, Cowboys have a lot of advantages in this game.
3: All right, so this question, we already talked about the Bills. We just talked about the Cowboys. So kind of an aside, but I want to hear your thoughts. This might wrap up soon. Hopefully it doesn't go to the Giants and waste everyone's time. But in your opinion, the Buffalo Bills or the Dallas Cowboys, who needs Odell Beckham Jr. more to -hmm. make a Super Bowl push this
1: season? I think that you would look at the receiving cores and probably say that Honestly, it's very equal, but I'm I'm going to go with the Bills. Probably need him more. I think they could both – both teams could use a third receiver. You know, we know that Dallas just, just traded away their their quote-unquote third receiver and Amari Cooper this offseason. They haven't been able to replace him, but they've still been really good on offense. Same with the Bills. I mean, I know that they've looked kind of beatable, let's say, um, the past few weeks with the Josh Allen injury. I think they'll figure it out. I'm not really worried about them. So I'll I'll say the Bills, I think the Bills just, you know, it's not going to matter if the Bills kind of don't get an offensive line figured out and Deion Dawkins is, is, I don't think it's a long-term injury, but like I said, not playing uh, Thursday night. That would be my more concern with the, with the, the, um, the Bills. I think the Cowboys are fine right now, to be honest. And if they get um, Tyron Smith back and kick Tyler Smith inside at guard, like, they're gonna be really good. I, you know, you like Noah Brown, you like Dalton Schultz, like they get other receiving options there. Um, so I'll say the bills for OBJ. All right. Who uh or what are you betting in this game, Seth? So? You know, the, the props aren't out yet. So I'm gonna go with the under, uh, which I think is like 44 or something like that. Mm-hmm. 43 and a half. It, it just feels like this is a this is a this could be a blowout. I, I don't know how the the Colts can move the ball. Now, I will say the one thing, and I'm always going to say this with the Cowboys defense. They are a very unique defense. They play cover one. They play man coverage at such a high rate. Uh, they show you one high at such a high rate that you could just, there are ways to to beat that, right? And, and we saw it with the Packers, who are not a good offense, be able to move the ball against the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago. So always a chance that a team just, the matchups just work in their favor schematically. Um, but I do think it'll be probably blowout and, you know, if it's 27, 10, that's still under, if it's 31, 10, that's still under. So I like the under. Yeah. By
2: the way, this line has moved out from Dallas by nine to Dallas by 11. Um, so, um, not, not totally surprising after the Colts lost in a rather dramatic fashion to the Steelers on Monday night. Uh, Brad, what about you?
3: Yeah, our Steelers. So you mentioned the props are not out yet, but I still, whatever that comes out, it's going to be my bet for this game. All right. So CD Lamb, since Dak returned, you dog. has a 90. 90- Yeah. Has a (laughs) 90.3 receiving grade third in the the league has 15 explosive receptions fourth in the league and has 2.97 yards per route run third in the NFL. He's been incredible since Dak was back at quarterback and then Kenny Moore for the Indianapolis Colts did not practice today. Mm -hmm. Might not play in this game. If he does play, he will not be hundred percent. It's a hip injury that kept him out of a Wednesday practice. So whatever his props are, they've been treating us well. I would go receptions more over yards. Um, because I think they'll, you know, feed him over the middle, maybe doesn't break one off, but gets a bunch of catches. That's that's where I would lean.
2: You read my mind, man. I mean, it basically paid for my holiday C D Lamb over receptions on Thanksgiving. Um, and uh it, the analysis is exactly what you just said. Outside corners, uh, with with Gilmore um on one end, and then, you know, in a uh in a nickel defense, you might have Rogers out there on the outside. Uh, Isaiah Rogers, who's actually has played really, really well, has the second highest coverage grade of any uh, corner in, in the NFL this season, but in the slot you mentioned, uh, so I really like CeeDee Lamb there, but you know, that those aren't out yet. Uh, I'll say this, I do kind of like Colts plus 11, and this is a matchup. I feel like it's going to be the Spider-Man meme with uh, Mike McCarthy and Jeff Saturday. Um, they're both going to be thinking about the steak they're going to eat after the game and not thinking about the timeouts that they're not going to call. So- what does bad clock management do? It means you have less opportunities to score. That keeps the game uh, a little bit more depressed here. Um, and uh, I always like, you know, the the Colts coming off of a pretty embarrassing game, honestly, against the Steelers, who are not a very good team. The Cowboys, on the other hand, coming off of a nice cakewalk win. They're feeling themselves. Um, so I, I kind of like Colts plus 11 if I have to play one side of this. But CeeDee Lamb is my favorite.
1: Seth, before we get you out of here, a pet peeve. All right, this is I'm I'm pe- peeving on myself here. I Oh no. I don't know if that I should have said that out loud. Anyways, the awesome. <laughs> um <laughs> Jordan Love comes into the game Sunday night to replace Aaron Rodgers, has a couple nice throws, and then you have a whole week of it guys. The Packers have found for the third straight time a Hall of Fame pro bowl quarterback in Jordan Love. And I just and I used to do this. I still we're still in it. We understand how the content machine goes burr, but let's just we can just we don't have to have 20 articles on the nine Jordan Love throws um on a you know when they're down by 10 or whatever, down by twelve when he comes into the game. We don't need to do it. I know it's gonna keep happening. I'm just saying we don't need to do it. That's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine.
2: You don't think a, a two article per throw rate is
1: Is uh optimal i I, i've commissioned a painting of each throw (laughs) it's been uh, costing me a lot of money but they're nice throws so
3: you know christian watson could take it 50 yards after a six yard crosser i mean that's just it was the placement that led to the yards after the catch is what i would say this is the
2: jimmy g school of uh of hard knocks
3: no it um you know he made it was funny
2: um it's a great point and I do. We talked about this on Sunday. I do think that what you're talking about is the reason that they should play love because nine throws does not a season make Yeah, and you need to find out. So, um, you know, it, to me, it makes sense for them to, uh, to do that. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's just no way um, that you can know after that. It it is interesting though. If you don't plan for the rest of the season, you know, what do you do kind of going forward? used a first round pick on him and uh, you know, he could end up just walking away and you've seen like 50 throws. So um, I look forward to the Seth Galina masterpiece on Jordan love uh, and the nine throws that he finishes the season with because
1: Aa you know, Ron keeps playing. Yeah. That'll be great. that will be a great off season piece. Seth. It's one, one, it's one throw per off season month. Yes. So there you go. Just keep the content machine burning.
2: Perfect. Seth. We always appreciate you. Good luck, brother. Yeah. All right, we're going to get to Judah here in just a minute before we do. DraftKings, the DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL, is the go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Um, I don't know if Santa bets there. I assume it's uh, regulated, uh, not unregulated in North Pole, so he's getting a lot of teasers down. Um, we just talked about a few that we really like. Uh, I look forward to the CD Lamb overs once again. And if you bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game, maybe you do it on Thursday night game, then you have that $150 in free bets to use on Sunday. It's very, very simple. Use promo code PFF. When you go sign up, that helps us quite a bit. Really appreciate it. Um, if you are signing up, this is a good place to do it and get a 100% boost on stepped up same game parlays as well. So you can include that, that CD lamb in there um, and uh, and profit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team. To win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code PFF. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. I know you guys always uh, take a look at those. Symbol, it's like the uh, stock exchange for sports teams. You can go buy shares in your favorite sports team at Symbol, S-A-M-B-U-L-L. When you sign up with code forecast, your first deposit comes with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're hesitant on joining, you don't have to be. Just go ahead and jump in. They're also offering a $500 risk-free deposit for new users who join the st- stock market for sports. It's pretty decent. So download the simple mobile app uh, for iOS by searching S-A-N-B-U-L-L. Buy shares of your team, collect a dividend if your team wins games, and then trade the shares as you desire, by the dip, do whatever the hell it is that you do. All right. As usual, our good friend, Judah Forking, actually, are you ready to record I should have good. Three, two, one. Welcome in to our good friend, Judah Fortgang, uh, at Throw the Damn Ball. He of the live trading of in-game betting. I, I feel like you have turned it into a spectacle. If people aren't watching you do it, they're missing out. Um, it's not quite the wolf of Wall Street, but I think you're getting closer.
0: Um, practice makes perfect. Um, welcome in, brother. Thank you. Thank you. I Wolf Wall Street minus all the crime, just the uh, the profits, you know, that's, that's
2: okay. cool. I thought you were going to say minus or or uh, just with all the, but something else. And, and you avoided that. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll let people um, ask you that uh, on Twitter. Let's talk, we, as we normally do, alt spreads that you like, and then your strategy for live betting. I can't tell you how much this helps me because I never think about this before I get into Sunday, but when we have this conversation, it's like, I don't need to think about it anymore. Roll into Sunday and have a have a game plan going. But let's start with an alt spread uh, that you like this week.
0: Okay, I like the the Dolphins. It's an alt spread with a total. Uh, I wow. got minus two and a half and over 42 and a half. I got it at plus 400. It's now down to, I think, 390. You can find it on DraftKings or MGM. And basically, the thesis is that uh, the Dolphins are only implied for 20 and a half points, which is obviously extremely low. They have scored 30 plus in each of the past four games uh, with two a healthy. And it's basically saying that the, the Niners defense can slow down the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got like a, a general principle here, which is bet on elite. And I don't say that lightly. Offenses against bad defenses, uh, excuse me, against good defenses, right? They're probably not going to be able to, to slow the Dolphins down. If you take a, a pretty broad look at where the Dolphins stand, you'll probably see them in like the second tier. Uh, you know, if it's EPA chart or quality chart, whatever it is, uh, kind of with uh, the Eagles and the Bengals. Uh, but if you kind of just filter out the the games where Tua didn't play, they're actually exactly with the the Bills and Chiefs, firmly in that tier one on offense. Uh, and I don't really see why uh, the Niners are gonna be able to slow them down. Basically, if you look at any uh, anything that a defense is thrown at uh, Tua, whether it's pressure, whether it's man zone, uh, the blitz. He's basically in the top three in EPA in every single category, Uh, which leads me to believe the matchup's kind of irrelevant here. Uh, I see the Niners as being able to, you know, uh, at least keep up. Uh, But I think the Dolphins are the better team. I want the better quarterback uh, and the better offense uh,
2: in this spot. Better quarterback is Jimmy G, (laughs) though.
0: I'm sorry. uh, sorry. The TC. So let
2: me, let me throw this one at you because, um, I think, you know, what we saw, a good example of this was chiefs and niners and the chiefs just absolutely dominated the 49ers in that game, you know, elite offense against what at that time to be extremely clear was still the number one defense uh, in the NFL, but you've got Tua who granted has like 103, I think it is pass rating under pressure. And we know that's not sustainable. Perhaps the biggest mismatch in the NFL this week is Nick Bosa against Brandon Shell. Brandon Shell is a 43 PFF pass block grade. There are only three tackles in the NFL that are worse. Nick Bosa, top three PFF pass rush grade. Does how do you think about that in the context of look at maybe at full strength? But are there you know kind of these mitigating circumstances that you think change uh, you know the trajectory? Because because Armstead is doubtful right now.
0: Right, uh, and I probably should have included this actually, but something particularly striking about Tua's year this year is that he's throwing deep and doing so, uh, throwing ball very quickly. Right, his time to throw is like fifth uh, lowest in the NFL. And like, sure, if Nick Bosa is winning in you know two seconds every single pass rush snap, sure, no one's going to have success. Uh, but I think that what Tua's has done so well this season uh, is push the ball downfield and get it out quickly. In which case, it kind of mitigates the uh you know boasts a threat but like it's absolutely true and like if he throws the ball if he if he's holding on to uh to the ball for too long this is exactly a live angle to bet right if he's not decisive and he's not quick this mm-hmm. is exactly the time to jump on the niners
2: i like it i like where your head's at all right uh in in game live betting strategy for this week where are you turning?
0: okay we're gonna start with tomorrow night's game uh turning to to some props which uh unfortunately we can't give for for the sunday games but i'll at least uh on wednesday that is but but we'll start with thursday uh if the patriots go down Ramondre stevenson has like a 33 percent target share uh down which is i think only behind tyree kill in that same category he's at like 34 percent right now stevenson's rushing prop is gonna is sitting at 33 if we see the bills take take a lead here bet all of the Ramondre stevenson receptions receiving yards Uh, Mac Jones really likes to look his way. Uh, That's a spot. I don't think the market's going to be pricing in exactly kind of that angle. uh, And it's really something to take advantage of.
2: Like it. Uh, We just talked about Stevenson, Brad. uh, I love that. With with Seth. Um, Brad, you have any that you're thinking about this week?
3: I had a larger comment or a larger question for you. Now that we're getting into the kind of elements part of the year, weather's a factor, not just wind, but also snow, rain, cold, whatever. Is there a way to, if you're watching a game or you're keeping an eye on forecast, stuff like that, to maybe fold that into how you could approach a live betting scenario?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to, in as much as we can glean kind of what the prices are, uh, what's being priced in, right? Like, I think that's obviously something, right? If you're watching a game and there are clearly gusts of winds and a player, this is not a great example because he's out. But like Darnell Mooney, let's say, relies on a lot of his production uh, on deep throws, right? If it's windy in Chicago uh, and he's not and feels less likely to connect on the deep throw. but the market is still pressing in kind of that like season long average. That's exactly the spot uh, to buy. If anything, though, there are certain times I would actually look the other way, which is like oftentimes I think there's almost an overreaction to especially rain uh, or snow. Uh, people think that like it really minimizes the passing game, but it's been talked about that it actually like really helps offensive linemen. If you see the market being over almost too zealous in pricing down and you're like watching well, the first quarter, we have, and you're like, Hey, like the Tom Brady game in the snow against I think it was the Titans uh, a bunch of years ago. And you're like, Hey, the passing game is working perfectly, but the market's pricing it down. Uh, that's exactly a spot to buy. I think. Look, that's a, models are great; they can't exactly account for what's happening in the precise moment uh, of a game, and that's like obviously the advantage to to a life better.
2: Yeah, I like that. Uh, any for Sunday that you're looking at?
0: Uh, yeah, I let's. I've got a few, but I'll go with Dallas against Houston. Um, I think the Dallas is first off; they've struggled to to get going uh, basically all year. Um, if that line moves down to like seven, I think they can really extend on, on Houston. Uh, you and you I've mean been Cleveland? It's... Cleveland. Yes. Sorry.
2: No, you're all good. I was going to say, I, maybe I'm, I'm the one that's on, uh, uh, that's, uh, smoking something, but y- you no, know,
0: I'm, I'm off here. Uh, my, my, but this no is, care. but
2: this is, you know, it's okay because. The the Cleveland Browns are a team that is now starting a quarterback that 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 shall not be named. So I think it was the appropriate. You showed the appropriate amount of respect to the Cleveland shit stains.
0: There you go. I don't know why I thought they I had that matchup wrong. Uh, Look, I'm I'm not going to touch Cleveland. I don't even know what's what's going to come this week, but uh, another classic. uh, Tennessee uh, obviously been very good scripted, and the Eagles they've really started to show the. Uh, the cracks, uh, right? They were so dominant in the first half, especially in second quarter through the first half of the year, uh, and I think we're starting to see that flip. Uh, and if Tennessee can can get up here, I expect the Eagles uh, to be able to rally in the second half against a Tennessee team that really can't score in the second half. And I think it's gotten pretty lucky on defense uh, holding teams. I'm not sure they'll be able to to slow down a now getting healthier Eagles team.
2: One that I was going to throw out uh, here and see what you guys thought about this is, uh, you know, we talked So the Miami-San Francisco game was one that you brought up. Uh, the other four o'clock game that I think is is particularly interesting is Kansas City-Cincy. Kansas City right now two and a half point uh, favorite. Um, and you know, thinking about how this game might go, how it, the games against these two teams have gone in the past, if Kansas City, you know, if you kind of start out with Kansas City minus two and a half. They get out to a lead and then you're able to grab the Bengals at, you know, across the other side of three, you know, maybe you pick up another number or two um, and then you've got, you know, a Bengals team that has come from behind in these situations before uh, you have a nice middle on a key number of three. That was one that I was considering. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on how you might play that game.
0: Yeah, uh, I can say that was on my on my list. It was actually the playoff game last year it was one of the first I was like really live betting and I got a really juicy middle. Uh, but I think it kind of points to all those angles are certainly, uh, true. And, and, uh, I agree with them. It also points to just like offensive, uh, firepower creates volatility and like scores mm-hmm. will go back and forth. Uh, and that's right for, for a lot better. It's a general principle that, uh, I think always applies week in and week out. And this is a perfect example.
2: Judah, you're the best. We appreciate you. You can find all of Judah's great work on pff.com and the PFF app. Of course, he writes both an alt spreads and an in-game, uh, live betting strategy and post a bunch of great content that you can find on Twitter at throw the damn Baldi. We appreciate you. Best of luck this weekend, my man.
0: So oh, you guys too. All
2: righty. We will uh have tej on momentarily uh while we're waiting for him. A quick reminder that you can go get the pff analysis that you crave on the pff app, which is now available in the iOS App Store. Go sign up. Uh leave a little five-star review. Um, Let us know what you think. Holler at the forecast uh, with a little printing press hashtag. Um, And uh, yeah, tell us a joke, something like that. If you got something good, we'll read it on here. All of you um, that listen to the podcast and routinely hit us up on Twitter, we really appreciate it. So thank you for all of your support. Back again for the lock of the week. It's Tej Seth. Tej, we... um, we picked the wrong, I realized this going into Thanksgiving, we picked the wrong Thanksgiving prop. It was CD lamb the whole time. Thankfully, we talked about it. So it's not like the printing press didn't profit, but the teaser, um, it was a, it was a cakewalk. Um, it was actually kind of close. We needed the, we needed the tease to get Tennessee, uh, through the door, but the, uh, the sealers was a no doubter. They ended up obviously winning the game. Um, so let's see if we can repeat that. Uh, Tej, you're going to kick us off as we normally do. We talk through our favorite bets. Pick the lock or locks of the week. So kick us off, buddy.
4: Yeah, yeah. Super happy with how we did last week. I think a lot of our picks hit, so that was mm. that was pretty cool. And you know, I, I have to start off here with Seattle minus seven and a half. Uh, no Matthew Stafford. No Cooper Cup. No Allen Robinson. No Aaron Donald. You have the worst offensive line in the league. Um, and like the Rams' defense, even with Aaron Donald, hasn't been that good this year. they ranked 16th uh, in e-paper play and 23rd uh, in defending, you know, an e-paper pass allowed. And Geno Smith is like a legit, uh, you know, quarterback at this point in the season. Like, I think we can all agree on that. And I, you know, I expect Seattle to, you know, just do really well this year. You know, you guys mentioned on the Wednesday show or on the Monday show, that, uh, you know, Kansas City could have won by 30. They were just kind mm-hmm. of playing with their food in the red zone. And I think Seattle will be more into this game and want to kind of stick it to the Rams, given it's like kind of a rivalry game now and everything too.
2: No Matt Stafford, no Aaron Donald, no Cooper Cup. Uh, I mean, even Cam Akers is questionable. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not looking good. Was- by the way, this, was, this is why you listen live on Sunday night as a member of the printing press, because... What did we talk about, Brad? We wrote it up. Seattle, uh, I believe they were three and a half point favorites at that point. Three and a half, four and a half, yep. Yeah, and uh, it is now seven and a half. So you are feasting on closing line value uh, if you got there. Uh, Brad, where are you going first?
3: Yep. So I'm going, we just talked about this game a little bit. The chiefs minus two and a half. I, I think we still haven't seen the loss of two Uzier in Cincinnati since that that happened. They played Carolina who actually did score 21 points. They played Pittsburgh who put up 30 uh, and they played Tennessee who doesn't throw the ball, but, George Pickens for Pittsburgh had 80 yards and a touchdown. Traylon Burks for Tennessee had 70 yards and a touchdown. You know, the, the best receiver was producing. And I think now we'll finally see in this game that secondary that is, you know, lacking in talent at corner get exposed a little bit. On the other side of the coin, since Trent McDuffie, the first-round rookie for the Chiefs, came back from injury of the last month, is 79.9 coverage grade is fifth best among corners. And Lajarius Sneed, their slot corner, has the highest grade, uh, highest coverage grade in the entire NFL the last month at 91.3. So I think we're kind of seeing one coverage unit playing better. The other one has not been truly exposed yet for how bad they they really are talent-wise on the outside. And I think Patrick Mahomes will expose that like, like he always does.
2: But uh, I think that's a front runner uh, at this point. Um Let me, uh, let me go to, um, a a different game here. And I, this one, I have a little, I kind of want to talk through it with you guys here. So chargers and Raiders it's the spread here is, is one and a half. And I, I look at this game it's in Las Vegas. I feel like we've watched this game a million times. And it's going to, it just has to come down to the wire. Like it just has to, I know that the total is 50 and a half. And generally you want to tease, uh, games where you have a low total, but in this situation, I just, I feel as though we are in for, it's a 4 PM game. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a classic there. Um, and so I like that as one, um, one side of a, of a teaser leg, then I think you've got some other options. So Actually, Tej, you brought up Seahawks minus seven and a half could tease them through seven and three, get them down to just a half point. All they have to do is beat that um, that Rams team. Um, So I like that one as a potential teaser leg. And then the other one that I'll throw out here is Atlanta at home. This total just 42. You can tease them up to seven. So not quite through seven. That's why I don't like it quite as much. Um, But I really do like that first teaser leg with the Raiders um, getting teased out. I guess actually you could get it now out to eight. Um, So that is my first submission. Tej, where are you going next? Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, no, love that. Um, And then, yeah, I'll I'll go back to something that I think Arjun felt really strongly about on the Sunday show as well. Uh, Jacksonville minus one uh, against my Detroit Lions. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, like the Jaguars are ranked higher uh, in EPA per play on both sides of the ball in this game, you know, uh, Kevin Cole's adjusted score metrics show that the Lions offense has been overperforming kind of their success rate and like what you'd expect out of an offense with their success rate. They're relying a little too much on explosive plays for me right now. And like, this is something where it's like, it's been talked about, I think like a decent amount, but like, I I can go into more detail since I see it every week, the Lions off a heart. Every time they come off a heartbreaking loss, Uh, You know, for the past couple of years now, but especially under Dan Campbell, they've come out really flat the next week. And, you know, they kind of put everything they had into that Ravens game um, two years or a year ago when Justin Tucker hit the 66 yard field goal, got smoked the next week. Two weeks later, they lost to the Vikings on a game-winning field goal, got smoked the next week again. And so, you know, you just come off this really heartbreaking, emotional loss to the Bills on Thanksgiving. I could see them, you know, kind of getting run over in this game because that was kind of their season-on-the-line moment for them right there, and they weren't able to execute. Um, a bonus bet in this game, um, it's not it, it's not posted yet, but Trevor Lawrence over whatever rushing yards. Uh, you know, Josh Allen uh, went over his rushing yards in the first mm. half. That was something that we talked about last week. Um and so I think Trevor Lawrence can do it again because the Lions give up so many uh, scramble rushing yards right now. It's the most in the league by like a decent margin uh, just ahead of Brad's bears. So, you know, I, I think that could hit as well.
2: Yeah. And uh, Brad curious on this one. So looking at the injury list, um, Penae Sewell questionable with a leg, Frank right questionable with a leg. Uh, Joan Jackson questionable with a head. Uh, Okuda still questionable as well. Um, are those guys trending towards towards not playing? Because if so, it's not like Jared Goff is uh, the most mobile guy on planet Earth.
3: The offensive linemen, my understanding, are more likely to play than Jeffrey Okuda still. Um, yeah. They did look pretty good without both starting guards against the Bills. They they'd managed to play pretty well mm-hmm. without Evan Brown and Jonah Jackson. But, yeah, that's that's what it looks like at this moment. Correct me if I'm wrong on that stage.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, you're right about that. Cool. All right, right so Brad, where are you heading next? Yeah, so you
3: guys both touched on my next two. So first, George, I was going to tease the Seahawks and the Raiders. So that was my my teaser there. Um, And then second, I like the over in this Jags-Lions game. It's 51 and a half. I know it's a high number, but in a dome, Trevor Lawrence actually only played one game this season so far in an enclosed stadium. It was when they beat the doors off the Chargers. That's not why I like this. But, but yeah, Chargers, uh, Jaguars, 10th in EPA per play. The Lions, 15th. The Jaguars defense is now 20th in EPA per play, and the Lions is still dead last. You also, you just look at the matchup. I mean, you mentioned some injuries to the offensive line, but the Jaguars have decent edge rushers. They don't have much when it comes to pass rush on the interior. Um, Your guy, I'm blanking now, your your former... uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers have been decent in the middle, but nevertheless, not a great pass through the middle. So, his injuries I don't think matter all that much. And then the flip side, too, the Jaguars have struggled. Darius Williams has been really, really bad in the slot, former Rams legend. And Amon Ross St. Brown has just been cruising. Uh, so I, I just had the matchup for a lot of reasons. I like a lot of points here. Two good offenses, two bad defenses, and a don't.
2: I'm there with you. Um, all right. I've got, uh, I got one more teaser for you. And this is a couple of teams out to eight and a half. The New York football giants are playing at home against the Washington Commanders. They are a two and a half point underdog, teasing them out to eight and a half with the game that you already mentioned. The Cincinnati Bengals are two and a half point underdog. Now talk about this with Judah a little bit, um, but this you know is a, is a kind of a prime opportunity to get a big middle live because of the fluctuation with these good defenses. Um, but again, uh, this is an opportunity where I, I think You've got a game between two teams that have enough offensive firepower where it's going to come down uh, to the end, and you have a great shot to keep it under uh, under an eight point spread. So um, I, I'm just a teaser factory right here, and it's because, uh, quite frankly, they've been they've been so good. Um, Tej, do you have any more for us?
4: Yeah, yeah, just just one more uh, player prop for uh, the Thursday night football game to to kind of keep us interested. I like Stephon Diggs over five and a half receptions. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you you look at this Patriots defense this year. Belichick's done a tremendous job getting kind of like this makeshift group of corners, uh, you know, playing at a, at a very, very high level. You know, Patriots still rank first against the pass in EPA per pass, but we know that defense is often a product of the offense that you're playing against. And so you, you, when you go up against the Bills, you can be susceptible to giving up these big games to wide receiver ones. And since the Patriots don't have a true uh, like lockdown corner, like some other teams do, they've given up a lot of things to wide receiver ones this year. Tyree Kill cooked them week one. Mark Andrews cooked them after that. Garrett Wilson and Justin Jefferson followed that up by doing really well against the Patriots defense this year. So I could I could see Stephon Diggs, you know, in his role uh, on Thursday night, you know, doing the same thing to the the um, Patriots defense, and that's what I'm seeing out of that game.
3: I like that. Yeah, we love that one. <laughs> I'll throw in one more real quick. Um, and you guys tell me if I'm just being a depressed bears fan, but okay. The bears lost Darnell Mooney for the season. Eddie Jackson for the season this past week, today at practice, uh, Kyler Gordon did not practice. Jaquan Brisker did not practice starting right tackle. Riley reef didn't practice backup left right tackle. Larry Borum didn't practice. Chase Claypool was limited. Justin Fields is still limited. I mean, the bears literally on paper are the worst team in the NFL by like a comfortable margin, and I st- I don't think the Packers are going to just fold up and not care. I think Rodgers is trying to show he does. And also just one last depressing stat here. Mitchell Trubisky is fifth all-time among Bears quarterbacks with 64 passing touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers has thrown 63 passing touchdowns against the Chicago Bears. <laughs> so he could become fifth all-time on the Bears quarterback passing list uh, if you, if you want to look at it that way. But yeah, I just, I, I think part of this line is, Oh, Green Bay doesn't care, and they have some injuries of their own, and yada, yada, yada. Four and a half points against this Bears team when it could be a not even 100% healthy Trevor Simeon, or if we're lucky, we get some Nathan Peterman action. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. That is, uh, that
2: would be such a blessing. Uh, my last one is one that we uh, discussed a little bit earlier. This is going to Colts Cowboys game. And I just, I absolutely love the matchup for CeeDee Lamb. Another week. Where they're going to be talking about Odell Beckham Jr. We talked about this last week, what that means uh for CeeDee Lamb and against a team in the Colts that has their weakest link at slot. And that player, Kenny Moore, potentially not playing, did not practice today. So it was banged up. I'm guessing that'll be at six and a half, um, uh maybe you know, minus one ten uh, on both sides. So that would be the last one that I will throw out. All right, gentlemen, it is time to pick. Um, Brad, I want to start with you. What is your favorite? uh bet that we've talked about so far.
3: Teasers are treated as well. So I'll go with the Seahawks, Raiders, teaser as my number one choice. Okay.
2: Um Tej, what about you?
4: Yeah, that that was my number one choice as well. The teasers have done really well for us this year, like Brad said. And I, I like those two teams in those spots.
2: All right. Uh do we want is there are there any I'm on board with that. Are there any more that are calling our name? I think we've talked about a couple of props that we like. Do we want to do we want to keep it to one this week? Or are we intrigued by adding a few more?
3: I feel like we got to add a couple more now. You gave me the itch, now I got to scratch it. Yeah,
2: now we got to add
3: some more. So let me throw this out there. I
2: I think both the digs and Lamb overs um, are are really uh, like they stick out to me. I think I'm going to bet
3: them both. Um, But uh, those would be the two that stuck out. Mm -hmm. Yep, agreed. And then last thing I'll throw in is Chiefs. Okay. We're going to four pack. I'm just, yeah. I was just throwing it out there. I was just throwing it out there. What do you think, Tish
4: <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm fine with the quartet. I like that. Quartet. Let's do, it. Quartet. <laughs> great, let's <laughs> do <laughs>
2: it. Lucky number week 13, our locks of the week. We've got a Raiders and Seahawks teaser. The Raiders out to seven and a half at home. The Seahawks down to a half on the road, air quotes, against the air quotes nfl football team rams we have <laughs> kenny uh Moore against cd lamb we're taking cd lamb over i'm gonna say that's six and a half if it changes that's what the number will be we've got um Stephon diggs do you see that at five and a half or six and a half Tej?
4: i saw that at five and a half um when i was looking at the player props tour earlier okay. but maybe it did move up but I, I thought it was five and a half yeah okay
2: I, I am seeing six and a half we'll check after go find it I think we like it either way uh, and then we'll close it out with the Kansas City Chiefs covering three uh, or two and a half I should say in Cincinnati those are the locks of the week Tej it is always a pleasure thank you so much for hanging out with us good luck to you and your lines is Jameson uh, Williams back this week
4: he's not going to play this week oh. um I probably probably the week after okay. um but I, I am excited for him to to get in there
2: You got to have something to root for. It'll be good after they get uh, the doors blown off them by the resurgent Jacksonville Jaguars. Anyways, that was our show. Uh, Again, we'll be back on Sunday night live for you to digest this all and give our early best bets. Make sure you jump on, be a member of the printing press there so you can get all the closing line value that you deserve. Have a wonderful week. Love you.